0: And a reminder, we will bring you the update from Dr. Bonnie Henry, as well as Adrienne Dix at 1.30 today. That will be live right here on this station. First, though, let's head to the United States and take a look at a grim number. The U.S. passing the 10,000 death mark in that country. And joining me to talk a little bit more about that and reaction to that is Reggie Cicchini, Global News Washington correspondent. Reggie, thanks so much for taking a few minutes with us. Good afternoon. Uh, that's uh, not the number of people uh, we're hoping for. That, uh, according to the John Hopkins map, uh, the United States now going above ten thousand deaths. So, how was the reaction to that?
1: Well, the reaction is essentially that this is what was uh, what was expected and it is only going to get worse. Health care experts uh, and policy experts have been saying that based on the data and the numbers that have been coming in over the last couple of days or so, uh, these numbers were in line with that. And they are only going to get worse as we see areas like New York City, uh, Detroit and areas in Louisiana really start to reach their peaks, which could happen later this week. And once that happens, uh, we could actually see the death toll on. On a daily basis, rise to over a thousand.
0: And do, do we know at this point? We've been watching the states like New York and Connecticut, and in that part of the United States, is that still where we're focused on as far as looking at the the, the most cases and and where we're going to see that number grow?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, New York City and New York State remain the epicenter for this virus across the United States. Just with the new numbers that came out today, you know, almost uh, just over 8000 cases reported in a 24 hour period in New York. The death toll over 600. The case toll, uh, the case load in New York State is over 130,000. There's only 350,000 reported cases in the U.S. So that still is the epicenter. But there are a number of concerning areas for healthcare experts, and that includes New Jersey, Michigan, California. California, Louisiana, Florida, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Illinois, all of them are now reporting more than 10,000 cases. And in a couple of cases, we're looking at new caseloads of more than a thousand per day uh, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Michigan. So there, you know, New York has been the epicenter for so long now that we need to start looking elsewhere in the country to see that peaks and curves are only just beginning right now.
0: Hmm. And uh, earlier today, uh, the governor, Andrew Cuomo, uh, had his news, daily news conference. Uh, he talked about a bit of optimism, though, saying that the increase in hospitalizations uh, was was down or, or at least there was a bit of a better picture there.
1: Yeah, he's saying that they could potentially be either at their peak or the apex, as he calls it, or uh, they could be somewhere in a plateau right now, because for the last two days, the death numbers, while well, increasing by 600, are, have been the same, and they haven't been uh, kind of surpassing each other. And also saying that the number of ICU uh, inpatients are down, uh, and the number of people needing to be intubated is also down. So the governor looking at very, very early and preliminary data to say that this could potentially be that moment of peak, but we've seen that this- for the last couple of weeks in the u s, where numbers will kind of uh, stave off for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they'll peak or they'll drop, and it's kind of this uh, this uh, seesaw that goes back and forth. it's It's still very early, but these these cities are expected to hit a peak this week. so this could be a good of, bit of good news for New York, and it just gives you know the rest of the country something to watch to see what they could potentially be in for.
0: And what about uh, medical equipment and supplies of medical equipment?
1: So this is still a concern across the United States. The federal government still maintains their stance that they are not the backs, uh, that they rather are the backstop for uh, states and their stockpiles should be reserved as stockpiles and, uh, you know, only for emergency use. And states are saying, look, this is beyond emergency use. We're running out of uh, supplies. Uh, Louisiana and uh, New Jersey and New York are saying, look, we've only got a couple of days left worth of gowns and masks and ventilators. Uh, And there is an urgent need now for these things to kind of be shipped across the country. So Ford uh, Motor Company says they're going to start developing ventilators and they could get, you know, thousands of them made, but they may not be made until May, meaning that this could put further crises and, and, and uh, further issues on that supply line uh, for the next couple of weeks for cities that are needing it. It's still a, a dire situation when it comes to all PPE
0: and ventilators. Uh, and what about the the what's being done as far as trying to flatten that curve and stop that curve? Because it seems like there's a real patch of some states do have the stay-at-home orders. We saw this past weekend uh, a lot of states that were exempting religious gatherings and people really showing no regard for this whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and this has kind of been an issue from day one because states do this on their own. The federal government can issue a guideline. They can issue what they would like to see happen, but it really is left up to the governor. And in a lot of cases, it's being left up to the local and county governments to be able to implement these stay-at-home orders. And there are about a dozen states that either don't have a rule in place or it's kind of lax. Over the weekend, as we saw, a number of religious institutions opened their doors, allowed for gatherings more than 10, which goes against the CDC. But then we also saw in Georgia, uh Governor Brian Kemp decided he was going to open up the beaches to allow people to, quote unquote, exercise and go and get some fresh air. And within a couple of hours, those beaches were packed. And we saw groups of dozens or more hanging out uh, in the sand and playing in the water. Uh, So it is concerning for healthcare officials because they feel that these areas could end up being petri dishes that allow for these uh, uh, kind of hotspots and viral outbreaks to continue to spread. And that negates the efforts on behalf of other states where they're really doing what they can to ensure that the curb of the spread slows down.
0: Well, and we already saw that, didn't we, with spring break in Miami and a lot of the students who who didn't have a care in the world and then came back and dozens of them tested positive.
1: And it's the same thing that we saw in Texas as well. There was a group who went down to, uh, to Cabo and they came back. A number of them, uh, they had chartered a flight. A number of them have now tested positive. But Texas, again, a state that's leaving it up to individual municipalities and, and localities to implement these kinds of rules. And it really puts, uh, you know, problems in place, especially when you've got a number of these large cities that share a border with another state that may not have these rules in place. It's very easy for somebody asymptomatic or even symptomatic to cross back and forth and further spread this which is why healthcare experts are saying we can anticipate and expect a rollout of these uh, kind of curves and peaks that could potentially last for months down the rest of the calendar.
0: And are you seeing cases as well, like you talked about with medical equipment, if we're talking about masks and ventilators, uh, are we not also going into territory where doctors and hospitals are going to have to start prioritizing who gets a ventilator and who gets what treatment?
1: Yeah, and this is stuff that has been mentioned now through a couple of hospital systems in the Northeast as well as the uh, U.S. Southeast, where hospitals are essentially putting together a procedure and kind of a Plan Z just in case. Uh, you know, they're saying you know if somebody's older, if somebody uh, has a respiratory illness and it could potentially be terminal, if somebody has cancer, these could be uh, uh, patients who are not going to be intubated and they're going to be given essentially a palliative care, uh, saying that. It might make more sense to put the efforts onto somebody who has a better chance at surviving and may have a longer life. These are plans that hospital staff are trying to grapple with and that families are trying to grapple with. But it shows that when you have a country with a private healthcare plan uh, and, a, and a federal government who hasn't done their, you know, uh, what they can to ensure that stockpiles at the local level and the federal level are maintained uh, at an adequate level, you run into these kinds of crises, which is why we have healthcare experts saying at a best case scenario, a quarter million people could die from this disease.
0: And, and when do you expect to hear from President Trump on this again?
1: So, uh, I mean, outside of the couple of tweets that he has made today, we are expecting the coronavirus task force to meet sometime around five o'clock, usually ends up being a little later than that. Uh, you, we can anticipate that the president is probably going to face more questions on his uh, continued pushing for uh, the use of therapeutics that have not been proven uh, in the coronavirus uh, situation yet. Uh, he's been, you know, really pushing these, these two drugs, an anti-malarial drug and a second drug, saying they could work, also noting that he's not a doctor but says that he has a belief in these drugs— that very well could take uh, the brunt of questioning today uh, as it did yesterday.
0: All right. We will leave it there. Reggie, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.